Are you a bride chilla or groom chilla? Spend 30 minutes with Bride Chilla podcast host Alicia and you will be. So let's get planning. Happy Thursday and welcome to the Bride Chiller Thursday Q&A episode where I answer all of your problems, questions, queries and conundrums. I'm Alicia, the host of the show. I am delighted to have you here. This is episode 205. I say it like it's some sort of magical number. It is. Every show is a magical number. If you haven't listened to the other 204 episodes, they are all available by visiting thebridechiller.com and you go to the back catalogue and you can click through. Also, you can go to iTunes and download them all or on your various Android devices. So easy. Your grandmother could do it. Today's show, I have lots to get through. Just wanted to start quickly by saying if you follow the Bride Chiller Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com slash Bridechiller podcast, you would have seen me post this uh, last week, well this week, a bit of a question, a call out asking for bride chillers and groom chillers, I don't want to discriminate in any way, to do a bit of blogging for me. I really want to be able to share your stories a bit more and I know that we have limited time on the old uh, podcast sometimes and I just thought it would be a really valuable thing to share your sort of timeline and points. So maybe if you're six months out or 12 months out that you do a little bit of writing for me like a little diary. Dear diary, today was shit or dear diary, today was amazing. I booked this or that. Well, this person's annoying me. So I put the request out. I've got quite a few responses. I would love to hear from you if you are keen to do this. It's not a big commitment. I'm not asking you to write, you know, a bloody Tolstoy novel. But I would just like a big variety of where people live, what sort of budget and wedding. You don't have to disclose your budget if you don't feel like it. But just, you know, I'd like to keep track of people over a longer period of time. So if you are keen to share your wedding planning story and uh, get involved. It would also mean at the end, if you are interested, to perhaps do a Bride Chiller graduate interview with me so people could just hear your whole story. That would make me really happy. If you want to do that, head to the Facebook page, you'll see the post. Or if you'd just like to skip all that, you can contact me via thebridechiller.com and just go to the contact page, send me an email, and uh, Jess or myself, one of us, will get back to you with more information. So I'd like to start, uh, that was really high, I don't know what's going on there. My dogs could hear that little special message. I would like to start with with an email I received from Catherine Horning. She says, uh, Alicia, when planning for our wedding, my wife-to-be had the greatest idea. Instead of purchasing floral centerpieces for the tables at the reception, we asked our guests to bring a flowering plant to the wedding as a wedding gift. It is the perfect solution for us because A, we've been together in 17 years and didn't need the stuff that most people get as traditional wedding gifts like toasters and pillowcases. B, my wife is a huge gardener and loves plants of all kinds. She says, we ended up with a beautiful variety of flowers that decorated our reception space. Then after the wedding, we planted them in our new garden at home and we love to visit and think about all the people that were there and talk about what an awesome day it was. I just think this is the most delightful idea I've been sent in a long time. So Catherine, you get 10 gold stars for your ingenuity and also just a great idea to be able to extend 
the thought of your wedding. And as you said, you get to go to that garden space and think about your peeps. You have a real variety, I'm sure, of plants. And I think that would also reflect the people that purchase them. I know some people are going to go, I don't know what plant to get. But also I think a lot of people would put thought into that. And it's a really nice gesture and also a great idea for table table pieces. It's a new thing. A table piece. Well, maybe it is like a centerpiece, a table piece, where you have a different plant on each table that would give such variety to the decoration of your reception. Oh, I love it. I really love it. That it's just spurred on so many little brain nodules working here. Catherine, thank you for sharing that with us. And I'm so glad that your wedding went well. I'm so glad that you have planted things in your beautiful garden. And I'm so glad you enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for sharing that beautiful uh, tip. I love it. Hey there, Alicia. Um, My name's Lulu, and I am calling in from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which is actually the same place where Ben Foltz grew up. Fun fact. Um, I just finished binging your amazing podcast. It took me a couple months, but I finally got through every single episode. And I just wanted to write in and say thank you for bringing a little bit of chill the fuck out to my day. It seriously has made the wedding planning process so much more fun. Um, I work like three different jobs on top of wedding planning, so literally every second of my day is taken up with something. And having so some having someone to affirm that I'm allowed to do what I want and have fun during the process is absolutely the best. Um, I just had one quick question. My fiance Matt and I are getting married this January, and being the cold weather freaks that we are, we're heading up to Asheville, which is up in the mountains, about an hour and a half away from where we live, um, to have a more budget-friendly honeymoon. We're both recent college graduates and therefore aren't trying to put ourselves into crazy, crazy debt just to go on a honeymoon. Um, I was just wondering if you had some tips about things we could do to ensure that our honeymoon isn't just like another vacation together. I mean, Matt and I, by the time we get married, we'll have been together for about eight years. So we've taken our fair share of like trips together. And I just want to make sure that our honeymoon is special and something different. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this and hopefully taking the time to respond. You're awesome. You're amazing. Love you. Happy days. Bye. Oh, Lulu, you know I love Ben Folds. He's my spirit animal. He really is, and probably a little creepily. Uh, so, great question. You want to know about what, how to make your honeymoon feel not just like a holiday and make it feel a bit more special. This is great because I think a lot of people get to the honeymoon and just, I'm sure most of you are going to feel this, that the first couple of days, well, for us anyway, was like we'd been on some crazy trip, like, and I say trip as in fucking drug trip, and I'm not a druggie, don't worry about it. If I was, who cares? Um, a druggie, that's like something my dad would go, it's like a bloody druggies. Um, anyway, so, uh, so sorry. So the idea is, though, you get on this sort of high of getting the wedding happening the lead up, the energy that happens on the wedding day, and then you sort of crash a little bit. So I do think you really need, and I've said this before, is that if you are having an active honeymoon, and it sounds like you're going to somewhere lovely, cold and snuggly, and you might not be outdoors as much. But I always say to people, always schedule in a couple of days of just chill, of nothing. 
allow yourself to have a break and allow yourself to relax because often we don't do that on real holidays as well. I know when Rich and I travel, we try and cram a lot of stuff in. We're doers. We're not very good sitters. And when we have tried to sit, which we did on our honeymoon, we went a little crazy. We like each other's company, but also if you're in a different country or a different place, you like to go and explore. So I would say my first tip, Lulu, is to find some activities, a restaurant, something that you wouldn't necessarily make the commitment to do when you are on a normal holiday. And that might be just treating yourself to a really swanky, spanky meal or having an in-room massage. I don't think you have to do this every day of the honeymoon, especially if you're on a budget. But I do think to find these little special details and special treats that you can have together is really important. Also, I would say put the phones in a drawer and fuck them off. You don't need to be on your phone. Disconnect from all that shit. And also, if you are staying in a venue that uh, doesn't know you're having a honeymoon, it's very important to tell them because often venues give you special treats and will give you a little bit of extra love when it comes to upgrades and nice things. Now, if you're in an Airbnb or if you are planning to stay in a private venue, that's also cool. You can come up with things beforehand that are going to give you that extra bit of love. I also think surprising each other is a really nice thing. Maybe you could both choose one special thing and not tell each other about it and have that as a nice moment that you share together. Maybe that's going and doing an outdoor activity or maybe it's the restaurant thing. Maybe you have something that, you know, if you've been to that part of the world before, have never done and gone, we really want to do that. Maybe you could make that happen. I think it's all about the mindset and I think it's also all about just enjoying each other's company and not overthinking it, to be honest. As I said, our honeymoon was just, we went to Bali because every Australian goes to Bali. That's how you got to say it. You want to go to Bali? Bali was fine. It was nice. Hello, people of Bali. No disrespect. But to be honest, it was going to resorts and stuff because we thought that's what we should do. And to be honest, now we probably wouldn't have done that. We probably would have gone somewhere else, had a bit more adventures because we're just not pool people. I love a pool for an hour or two and then take me somewhere else so I do think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to go this has to be the most amazing holiday ever when you just go listen we just got hitched just want to hang around if you like to play board games do it if you like the playing the playstation I know someone would go you've got to be kidding Alicia fucking pack the playstation do whatever the hell you want to do to relax and enjoy each other's company and uh, just tune out a little bit so if playing games is your thing fine if you like to hike do it. Have a lot of sex. Enjoy each other's company. Lulu, let the bride chiller force be with you. Thank you. I've been ignoring our email friends for a little while. I'm not ignoring. I just haven't used your emails as much and I felt guilty, extreme guilt. So today I wanted to share a couple more. Lovely Rachel sent me an email and she says, uh, Alicia, I've been listening to the podcast since the beginning. Whoa. See, Rachel has been in there for 204 episodes. 205 now. Since I'm a wedding photographer, well done, Rachel, but now it's my turn. I got engaged about a week ago. And uh, do you see, I was very mindful of your ears. Sometimes I really wanted to let loose with that then, but I was very restrained. (laughs) She says, we have already started looking at venues. I love, actually, sorry to interrupt myself, Rachel, and myself. I love talking to photographers, especially because they literally see it all. And I think choosing venues is sometimes very challenging for people that have so much choice 
that is so spoilt for choice and also see the ins and outs of vendors and venues and how they work and seeing if people are happy. So I do think there's a lot of pressure here. I shall read on. She says, the most important thing to me and the one thing I have a clear vision of is the ceremony. I really want a ceremony in the woods, but still need to keep it accessible to my dad who uses a wheelchair. The few locations that I have seen, ah, I like this, that may may work are a lot of money and still not the exact vision. I have a few friends and acquaintances that I know have big backyards in the country. Since I'm not that close with these people, would it be weird to ask them if I could host the ceremony in their backyard? How do I ask them? Thanks a bunch. She also says, P.S. I bought a bride chiller and maid chiller t-shirt. And thanks for an, another, thanks for adding another size for my groom chiller. Much appreciated. Uh, I will say, Rachel, I have, that's absolutely my pleasure. And I have no problem if you have a specific need when it comes to the merch. Just get in touch. Sizing, colors, whatever. I, to some reasonable extent, I can do it because the printers that I use are in LA, they're amazing, and they print on demand. That's how I do manage my, my store. I can't afford to have all the stock. So when you order, I then order with them. So I will say thank you for mentioning that, Rachel, because I probably don't mention it enough. There's definitely flexibility with the merch that you are ordering, and uh, I'm happy to make that work. Okay, so Rachel, I don't think this is a problem at all. I think it's just a matter of how you approach these people and the fact that you do have some connection with them. When I was reading that, I thought you were going to say they were just random people, backyards that you found along the way. I think it's very actually quite a bit of a compliment that you would approach them and say, listen, you have a stunning backyard. It is just what I was thinking of getting hitched in. Is this something that we could perhaps work out? And I do think it's a way you approach them and give them a lovely compliment and also sort of say, look, we're not going to do anything crazy. Obviously, this is something that is a bit of a commitment. We'll make sure if you would be interested in having a chat with us, we can come and meet you and just talk through some ideas. And then I think explaining, not to say use the fact your dad's in a wheelchair, that's an awful thing for me to say, but just to say that we aren't being able to find things that are as accessible for my dad, but this is something, um, I, I, I mean, compromise is probably not the right word to get them over the line, but to say this is a, a really lovely option for us. And it would be such an honor to be able to get married in your backyard and have that opportunity to have the vision that I have made true, but also be able to get my dad into the area without too much drama. I know if I had a lovely backyard and someone approached me with that sort of request, I wouldn't find that a problem at all. I would probably be quite stoked. And if I did have a problem, I'd discuss it with them. Look, yeah, it's it's some one of those things, it depends on the people that you're approaching, but I think if you are very mindful of how you approach and just say, look, this is the situation, maybe you could say, and I don't think a lot of people would accept money, but maybe you could say, I can, I'm happy to pay a token fee if that helps and ensure that my guests are very mindful and very courteous of your surroundings. The only thing I was thinking about was a toilet and just seeing if your guests would be able to use a bathroom because that is something you know you probably should have on hand with the ceremony. Not that everyone's going to rush to the toilet, but you've got to have those facilities. So maybe you just need to be um, also careful in saying, look, if they do need to use the bathroom, can we set something up? I'll pay for toilet paper. <laughs> I think it's a lovely idea and I think you should keep us up to date 
on how it all goes and what they say because it can't hurt asking. I think a lot of times people go, oh, I'm too nervous. I won't ask. I just won't ask. Forget it. And Rachel, I believe in you. You've got the skills. And also I think, you know, you've got the, you've got the photography background. So that's another thing to say to them. Look, I'm a wedding photographer. I've been everywhere, but your backyard is the best. That's my advice to you, Rachel. I hope it goes really well. Please let us know how it, how it all pans out. And I'd like to hear more about your wedding experiences as well. It'd be good to have a wedding vendor, someone that's done it all before blogging. So get in touch, Rachel. I think you'd be a great candidate for the Bride Chiller blog. If you are listening to this broadcast the week that it goes out, if you're not, just ignore this. Uh, don't ignore, but just let it wash over you because you've missed out. There is a competition running that ends on Sunday, and that is to win a Fit Body Brides three-phase fitness and nutrition pack. If you've heard Monday's episode with Bride Chiller graduate Kate, she is a personal trainer and she developed this wonderful program that is all about being the best you. It's not about being skinny. It's not about losing a ton of weight or doing anything crazy. It's just saying look after yourself because also Kate, as you would have heard in episode uh, 204 Monday, she said she actually got really stressed and got hives and was quite freaked out by it all. And went to the doctor and the doctor's like, you know what? This is just the way your body is transferring the stress and saying, you need to chill out a little bit more. So she took up yoga. She was a big cardio person and she actually said having that stretching, relaxing, downplaying the craziness of sometimes uh, exercise that we can all go on, especially when times are tough, when you think, oh my gosh, I need to fit into a dress. You put pressure on yourself, which is not healthy. And it really worked for her. So she's developed this program. It's a sassy program. Anyone can do it. You haven't got to be a fitness freak. You haven't got to be a nutrition freak. You can uh, pick it up at any stage. And I'm really happy that she's giving away this program because I think bride chillers and groom chillers will get a lot out of it. So saying that, if you would like to enter, all you need to do is visit my Instagram page, which you probably should be following if you're on the Instagram. Gee, I'm enjoying doing those Instagram stories. I was on Snapchat for a while. And I still am, but I haven't posted very much because you can do it all in Instagram. And I haven't got to, I haven't got to change apps. That's lazy. That is really lazy. But I've got a lot of followers on Instagram and uh, you're all very chatty and I do love you. So you need to go to Instagram. You'll see the post. And all you need to do, the question we're asking this week is what is your favorite body part? I thought that was very positive. Positive body image because that's what we're all about. Do that. Enter. Now here is a lovely voice message. Hola, hola, Alicia. This is Ariadna, your uh, Spanish follower. Uh, probably not the only one, but anyway. I was uh, just listening to your last um, episode with Belinda. And uh, when you guys were talking about the designated seating, I just had this, like, um, eureka moment. Ariadna, I say I'm not going to do your beautiful name justice with my big Australian accent. But just to recap, if people don't know what she's talking about, this was a couple of episodes ago. My lovely cousin Belinda came on the show. She and her partner, she was they're getting married in Hawaii in November. You'll hear all about it because I'm going. I'm so excited. But they are having this conundrum of whether to just let people sit wherever the hell they want or to do a seating plan. And we had a big discussion about it. We didn't really come to any conclusion, but it's 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 actually spurred on a lot of chat, especially in the Facebook group, 
Bride Chiller Facebook group, people, everyone has opinions on whether you can just let people go rogue or not. So I'm really happy that we're getting more conversations about this. Continue, please. And I thought I really need to share with you guys. So I'm actually telling you before I even talk about it with Rob. He's probably going to like look at me and say, no way, Ari, we're not really doing this. But I think it's pretty cool. So let's see what you think. We could have themed tables. As in, we are going to have this outdoorsy wedding, a bit more like street food stuff and tapas. And we've got family from all over the place, friends who speak a chunk of languages. And uh, anyway, so what if we did, obviously, a singles table? But people could mingle, so it'd be like picking up a little bit of food and having a little chit-chat. Then there could be an English-speaking table, a French-speaking table, a Catalan-speaking table, even to encourage a bit of uh, language exchange, cultural exchange, and also like um, a vegetarian table. Not only for practical purposes, so they know that everything on that table is veggie-friendly, um, obviously not to create a ghetto or anything, but uh, yeah, why not, you know? And uh, also, I have been to weddings where people assume that young couples want to be sitting at a baby-friendly table or, um, you know, I don't know. I've, I've been stuck in tables where I really felt very uncomfortable as a couple that doesn't have children and yeah perhaps having a baby friendly table so let's talk about babies kind of table and uh, let's talk about traveling table let's talk about the weather for all the English and boring people I'm just joking I love English people I'm marrying one of them but in you see right uh, so yeah I thought that would be kind of cool because I kind of envisage our wedding to be like picnic tables here and there and just just kind of casual people coming and going and the ones who want to avoid each other they can do it inconspicuously and the ones that are interested in someone in particular they can perhaps follow the their victim that kind of thing let's see how it goes with um the groom chiller and i'll let you know but please let me know what you think because uh, i just i don't know i think it's a really cool idea um We'll see. Also, uh, I was uh, thinking, um, I'll share this brand new thing. I just started my a new Instagram account because I am a master procrastinator. And I focus too much on like the research bit and like knowing everything about the vendors and the venue and the location. And basically... We haven't got a date for the wedding. We haven't got anything. People keep asking us. We were engaged for four years. We now have been married um, for quite a while, since January. I'm not counting. Sorry. <laughs> I'm awful with dates. But basically, we are celebrating a big party to have our family and friends because we eloped so um we want something casual but it's so casual that it's just never happening i've been um i'm so happy that now we can like swap 
between accounts and stuff and I've been using it for work and uh, with a bunch of friends in the project and so now I've uh, opened an account just for our wedding because that way we can um, I can follow the vendors the venue and anything related with the little village where we want to get married or have the ceremony and uh, it won't get buried amongst all the other things I follow for other reasons so um I thought it might be useful to other people. And yeah, that's it. Thank you so much, Alicia, for all the help. Uh, I love your podcast. And I was listening to it in Asda today. Or was it Little? No, it was Littles. Anyway, I listen to podcasts in the supermarket, which makes uh, the whole shopping experience more bearable because I hate having to do the foot shopping, spending money, thinking about meals, and it's just awful, but you make it um, less dreadful. And today was the only first time that I wanted to get out of here sooner, and before your episode even finished, to be able to send you this. So anyway, thank you again. You're an awesome mate chiller, maid of honor, and fairy godmother, and all of them combined. And uh, bye-bye. Love you lots. Uh, This is like a phone call. Sorry. Bye. Oh, I like it being like a phone call. And what a great phone call it is. I will say that that is a great idea. I do listen to podcasts in the supermarket and it blocks out the angry supermarket people. So much anger in a supermarket as well. Just get your food and go away. Don't spread your anger. Thank you so much, Ari. This is there's a lot of a lot of things said in this message, and I'm probably not going to be able to cover them all because I'm trying to keep them all in my brain. I was making notes while you were talking. I think if you want to move your guests when you are on the seating, talking about seating lists, if you want to move your guests into area of interest, I think that's a great idea. As you said, as long as it's not ghetto, as long as you're not going, listen, you're the annoying people. Maybe you want to put all the annoying people together. There's no problem with that. Maybe maybe I think sometimes it's nice to mix it up a little bit. But as you said, if you have people that are all speaking Catalan, then put them together and let them speak. But the only thing I always say with this is you want to make sure that your guests have as much opportunity as possible to meet other guests and connect with other people in your life. So I think as long as you are mindful of them being able to also at some stage chat and open up to other people, then it's a great idea. Yes, put the baby people together. They'll just talk about babies all night. Fine. That was very disrespectful of me. <laughs> well, you know, especially for new babies. A lot of people just talk about babies. And good on you for having a baby, but we don't always need to know about it. Mean. That was mean. I'll probably be one of those people one day. And you're like, Alicia, you just talked about babies all the time. Ugh. But yeah, I think it's a great idea if you want to, instead of just mixing everyone up, if you want to mix people by by their, their interests. I mean, it's sort of interesting, almost as a sociological experiment, by putting all the vegetarians together. I don't know if that is a little ghetto. Maybe it is. But putting all the vegos together so they can talk about why they're vegetarian. <laughs> I don't know. I would like feedback about your idea, Ari. I would like to hear people's responses. Is this bad? If we're just putting people in subsections, are we classifying our friends? Perhaps. I mean, we sort of do that anyway with guest lists by putting all the singles together. I actually think having been the single person to just fuck the single table off 
no disrespect, Ari, but as a single ex-single person, which we've all been, sometimes it's a bit like, oh, am I with you? Yes, and, you know, in last week's giveaway, I had the Amazing Singles Table, which is an app that you can basically help your guests hook up or find other single people. And I feel like that's a nice subtle way to say, look, Sharon, there are 14 other single people here. They're all on this app. Do your business. Go away and do that. But I don't know if we need to sit them all together. Thoughts, people? I really want feedback about this because I'm a little torn. I love, Ari, that you've had this eureka moment in the supermarket listening to my episode. But I want to hear what everyone else has to say. Should we be should we be seeding people by their interests? Should we be seeding people by their family? I really am against the idea of sitting all the families together, like bunching them up, because I think it doesn't encourage them to get out and do things and meet people. And my belief is at weddings, you are bringing all of the people that make up your friendship and family group, and they don't all know each other. So I think we should give them the biggest opportunity to step outside the comfort zone, perhaps, and connect and meet new people and see why all of these people are in both of your lives. That's what's, I think, exciting. And yeah, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but also bugger them, let them have a moment of slightly feeling uncomfortable, but also meeting someone new and fab that means something special to you. Yes, great. All right. Thoughts and feedback, very much needed. I'm going to put a little post up today on Facebook to get your ideas of uh, what we should be doing. But I think, Ari, if this works for you, I think it's great. I'm so glad that you've had uh, exciting moments listening to this show. If you had an exciting Eureka moment while listening to the podcast, I want to hear about it. I love sharing these ideas like Catherine's plant idea. I'm really buzzing about that. So if you've come up with a, a bride chiller hack, a groom chiller hack, if you've got an idea, if you've decided to cut something from your wedding or add something, let me know. Send me a voice message. Send me a, a post. Share it on the Facebook wall, if that's a thing. Yeah, it is. Duh. And uh, get in touch. Also, I really appreciate if you are wanting to support the show, leave me a donation or a buy a t-shirt, a tote, a t- what is that called? A cap. <laughs> My brain's gone. There are lots of lovely opportunities to purchase merchandise, and uh, I'm really happy with some of the stuff we've got in the shop at the moment. So also visit thebridechiller.com, and all proceeds go to help me run this show. Also, if you are interested in sponsoring the show, please get in touch and I can send you more information. Until Monday's episode of the Bride Chiller podcast, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. If you have not reviewed and rated the show, head over to iTunes. Even if you're not an iTunes listener, you can still leave a ratings and review if you're an Android person. Do it where you listen. I really appreciate it and it helps us spread the word. Thank you so much. And remember, if you want to be a Bride Chiller blogger, Get in touch because we are starting to get that happening in the next week. Love you all. Happy days.